Book Six, Canto Twelve of the Fairy Queen by Edmund Spencer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Canto Twelve. Fair Pastorella by great hap her parents understands. Calidore doth the blatant beast subdue and bind in bands. Like as a ship that through the ocean wide directs her course unto one certain coast is met of many a counter wind and tide, with which her winged speed is let and crossed, and she herself in stormy surges tossed, yet making many a board and many a bay still winneth way, and hath her compass lost. Right so it fares with me in this long way, whose course is often stayed, yet never is astray. For all that hitherto hath long delayed this gentle knight from suing his first quest, though out of course, yet hath not been missaid to show the courtesy by him professed even unto the lowest and the least. But now I come into my course again to his achievement of the blatant beast, who all this while at will did range and reign, whilst none was him to stop, nor none him to restrain. Sir Calidore, when thus he now had wrought fair Pastorella from those brigands' power, unto the castle of Belgarde her brought, whereof was lord the good Sir Bellamour, who whilom was, in his youth's freshest flower, a lusty knight as ever wielded spear, and had endured many a dreadful stour in bloody battle for a lady dear, the fairest lady then of all that living were. Her name was Clarabel, whose father hight the lord of many islands, far renowned for his great riches and his greater might. He, through the wealth wherein he did abound, this daughter thought in wedlock to have bound under the prince of Pictland bordering near. But she, who sides before with secret wound of love to Bellamour impierced were, by all means shunned to match with any foreign fear. And Bellamour again so well her pleased, with daily service and attendance due, that of her love he was entirely seized, and closely did her wed, but known to few. Which when her father understood, he grew in so great rage, that them in dungeon deep, without compassion, cruelly he threw, yet did so straightly them asunder keep, that neither could the company of the other creep. Natheless, Sir Bellamour, whether through grace or secret gifts, so with his keepers wrought, that to his love sometimes he came in place, whereof her womb unwist to white was fraught, and in due time a maiden child forth brought, which she straightway for dread lest if her sire should know thereof, to slay he would have sought, delivered to her handmaid, that for hire she should at cause be fostered under strange attire. The trusty damsel, bearing it abroad into the empty fields, where living white mote not bewray the secret of her load, she forth gan lay unto the open light the little babe to take thereof a sight, whom whilst she did with watery eyne behold upon the little breast, like crystal bright, she mote perceive a little purple mould, that like a rose her silken leaves did fair unfold. Well she had marked, and pitied the more, yet could not remedy her wretched case, but closing it again like as before, bedewed with tears, there left it in the place. Yet left not quite, but drew a little space behind the bushes, where she did her hide, to weep what mortal hand, 
or heaven's grace, would for the wretched infant's help provide, for which it loudly called and pitifully cried. At length a shepherd, which thereby did keep his fleecy flock upon the plains around, bled with the infant's cry, that loud did weep, came to the place, where, when he rapid found the abandoned spoil, he softly it unbound, and seeing there that did him pity sore, he took it up, and in his mantle wound. So home unto his honest wife it bore, who as her own it nursed, and named evermore. Thus long continued Clarabel a thrall, and Bellamour in bands, till that her sire departed life, and left unto them all. Then all the storms of fortune's former ire were turned, and they to freedom did retire. Thenceforth they joyed in happiness together, and lived long in peace and love entire, without disquiet or dislike of ether, till time that Calidore brought Pastorella thither. Both whom they goodly well did entertain, for Bellamour knew Calidore right well, and loved for his prowess, Sith they twain long since had fought in field. All's Clarabel no less did tender the fair Pastorel, Seeing her weak and wan through durance long. There they a while together thus did dwell in much delight, And many joys among, until the damsel gan to wax more sound and strong. Though gan Sir Calidore him to advise of his first quest, Which he had long for lore, Ashamed to think how he that enterprise the which the fairy queen had long afore bequeathed to him, for slack it had so sore, that much he feared lest reproachful blame with foul dishonor him mote blot therefore, besides the loss of so much lose and fame, as through the world thereby should glorify his name. Therefore, resolving to return in haste unto so great achievement, he bethought to leave his love, now peril being past, with Clarabel, whilst he that monster sought throughout the world, and to destruction brought. So taking leave of his fair pastoral, whom to recomfort all the means he wrought, with thanks to Bellamour and Clarabel, he went forth on his quest, and did that him befell. But first, ere I do his adventures tell in this exploit, me needeth to declare what did betide to the fair pastoral during his absence left in heavy care through daily morning and nightly misfare. Yet did that ancient matron all she might to cherish her with all things choice and rare, and her own handmaid that Melissa hight appointed to attend her duly day and night, who in a morning when this maiden fair was dighting her, having her snowy breast as yet not laced, nor her golden hair into their comely tresses duly dressed, chanced to espy upon her ivory chest the rosy mark which she remembered well that little infant had, which forth she kissed, the daughter of her lady Clarabel, the which she bore the whiles in prison she did dwell, which well advising, straight she gan to cast in her conceitful mind that this fair maid was that same infant, which so long sith past she in the open fields had loosely laid to fortune's spoil, unable it to aid. So full of joy, straight forth she ran in haste unto her mistress, being half dismayed, to tell her how the heavens had her graced to save her child, which in misfortune's mouth was placed. The sober mother, seeing such her mood, yet 
knowing not what meant that sudden throw, asked her how mote her words be understood, and what the matter was that moved her so. My leaf, said she, ye know that long ago, whilst ye endurance dwelt, ye to me gave a little maid, the which ye childed though. The same again, if now ye list to have, the same is yonder lady, whom high God did save. Much was the lady troubled at that speech, and gan to question straight how she it knew. Most certain marks, said she, do me it teach, for on her breast I with these eyes did view the little purple rose which thereon grew, whereof her name ye then to her did give. Besides her countenance and her likely hue, matched with equal years, do surely prove that yon same is your daughter sure, which yet doth live. The matron stayed no linger to inquire, but forth in haste ran to the stranger maid, whom catching greedily for great desire, rent up her breast and bosom open laid, in which that rose she plainly saw displayed. Then her embracing twixt her arm as twain, she long so held and softly weeping said, And livest thou, my daughter, now again? And art thou yet alive, whom dead I long did feign? Though further asking her of sundry things, And times comparing with their accidents, She found at last, by very certain signs, And speaking marks of passed monuments, That this young maid, whom chance to her presents, Is her own daughter, her own infant dear. Though wondering long at those so strange events, A thousand times she her embraced near, With many a joyful kiss and many a melting tear. Whoever is the mother of one child, Which having thought long dead she finds alive, Let her by proof of that which she hath filed In her own breast, this mother's joy describe. For other none such passion can contrive In perfect form as this good lady felt, when she so fair a daughter saw survive as Pastorella was, that nigh she swelled for passing joy, which did all into pity melt. Thence running forth unto her loved lord, she unto him recounted all that fell, who, joining joy with her in one accord, acknowledged for his own fair Pastorel. There leave with them in joy, and let us tell of Calidore, who, seeking all this while that monstrous beast by final force to quell through every place, with restless pain and toil, him followed by the tract of his outrageous spoil. Through all estates he found that he had passed, in which he many massacres had left, and to the clergy now was come at last, in which such spoil, such havoc, and such theft he wrought, that thence all goodness he bereft, that endless were to tell. The elfin knight, who now no place besides unsought had left, at length into a monaster did light, where he him found despoiling all with main and might. Into their cloisters now he broken had, through which the monks he chased here and there, and them pursued into their daughters sad, and searched all their cells and secrets near, in which what filth and ordure did appear were yerksome to report. Yet that foul beast, not sparing them, the more did toss and tear and ransack all their dens, from most to least, regarding not religion nor their holy heast. From thence into the sacred church he broke and robbed the chancel, 
and the desks down through, and altars fouled, and blasphemy spoke, and images, for all their goodly hue, did cast to ground, whilst none was them to rue. So all confounded and disordered there. But seeing Calidore, away he flew, knowing his fatal hand by former fear. But he, him fast pursuing, soon approached near. Him in a narrow place he overtook and fierce assailing forced him turn again sternly he turned again when he him struck with his sharp steel and ran at him amain with open mouth that seemed to contain a full good peck within the utmost brim all set with iron teeth in ranges twain that terrified his foes and armed him appearing like the mouth of orcus grisly grim and therein were a thousand tongues impite of sundry kinds and sundry quality. Some were of dogs that barked day and night, and some of cats that rawling still did cry, and some of bears that groined continually, and some of tigers that did seem to grin and snarl at all that ever passed by. But most of them were tongues of mortal men which spake reproachfully, not caring where nor when. And them amongst were mingled here and there the tongues of serpents, with three forked stings that spat out poison and gore bloody gear at all that came within his ravenings, and spake licentious words and hateful things of good and bad alike, of low and high. Nikesers spared he a whit nor kings, but either blotted them with infamy, or bit them with his baneful teeth of injury. But Calidore, thereof no whit afraid, encountered him with so impetuous might, that the outrage of his violence he stayed, and bet aback, threatening in vain to bite, and spitting forth the poison of his spite, that foamed all about his bloody jaws. Though rearing up his former feet on height, he ramped upon him with his ravenous paws, as if he would have rent him with his cruel claws. But he, right well aware his rage toward, did cast his shield atween, and therewithal, putting his puissance forth, pursued so hard that backward he enforced him to fall, and being down, ere he knew help could call his shield, he on him threw, and fast down held, like as a bullock that in bloody stall of butcher's baleful hand to ground is felled, is forcibly kept down till he be throughly quelled. Full cruelly the beast did rage and roar to be down-held and maistered so with might, that he gan fret and foam out bloody gore, striving in vain to rear himself upright. For still the more he strove, the more the knight did him suppress and forcibly subdue. That made him almost mad for fell despite. He grinned, he bit, he scratched, he venom threw, and fared like a fiend right horrible in hue or like the hell-born hydra, which they feign that great Alcides whilom overthrew, after that he had laboured long in vain to crop his thousand heads, the which still new forth-budded, and in greater number grew. Such was the fury of this hellish beast, whilst Calidore him under him down threw, who now the more his heavy load released, but aye the more he raged, the more his power increased. Though when the beast saw him out not avail by force, he gan his hundred tongues apply, and sharply at him to revile and rail with bitter terms of shameful infamy, 
oft interlacing many a forged lie, whose like he never once did speak, nor hear, nor ever thought things so unworthily. Yet did he not for all that him forbear, but strained him so straightly that he choked him near. At last, when as he found his force to shrink and rage to quail, he took a muzzle strong of surest iron made with many a link. Therewith he murred up his mouth along, and therein shut up his blasphemous tongue, for never more defaming gentle knight, or unto lovely lady doing wrong. And thereunto a great long chain he tight, with which he drew him forth, even in his own despite. Like as while home that strong Tyrinthian swain brought forth with him the dreadful dog of hell, against his will fast bound in iron chain and roaring horribly, did him compel to see the hateful sun, that he might tell to grisly Pluto what on earth was done, and to the other damned ghosts which dwell for a in darkness, which daylight doth shun. So led this knight his captive with like conquest won. Yet greatly did the beast repine at those strange bands, whose like till then he never bore, ne ever any durst till then impose, and chafed inly, seeing now no more him liberty was left allowed to roar, yet durst he not draw back, nor once withstand the proved power of noble Calidore, but trembled underneath his mighty hand, and like a fearful dog him followed through the land. Him through all fairyland he followed so, as if he learned had obedience long that all the people, whereso he did go, out of their towns did round about him throng, to see him lead that beast in bondage strong, and seeing it much wondered at the sight, and all such persons as he erst did wrong, rejoiced much to see his captive plight, and much admired the beast, but more admired the knight. Thus was this monster by the maestering might of doughty Calidore suppressed and tamed, that nevermore he mote and damage white with his vile tongue, which many had defamed, and many causeless caused to be blamed. So did he eke long after this remain, until that, whether wicked fate so framed or fault of men, he broke his iron chain, and got into the world at liberty again. Thenceforth more mischief and more scath he wrought to mortal men than he had done before, ne ever could by any more be brought into like bands, ne maestered any more. All be that long time after Calidore the good Sir Peleus him took in hand, and after him Sir Lamorac of yore, and all his brethren born in Britain land. Yet none of them could ever bring him into band. So now he rangeth through the world again, and rageth sore in each degree and state, Nay, any is that may him now restrain, he growing is so great and strong of late, barking and biting all that him do bait, all be they worthy blame, or clear of crime. Nispareth he most learned wits to rate, nispareth he the gentle poet's rhyme, but rends without regard of person or of time. Nay, may this homely verse, of many meanest, hope to escape his venomous despite, more than my former writs, all were they cleanest from blameful blot, and free from all that white, with which some wicked tongues did it backbite, and bring into a mighty peer's displeasure, that never so deserved to indite. Therefore do you, my rhymes, keep better measure, and seek to please 
that now is counted wise men's treasure. End of Canto 12 Recording by Thomas Copeland End of Book 6, Canto 12 of The Fairy Queen by Edmund Spencer